The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Disney Decipher, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. On today's episode, we start a new series, our Land by Land Overview, where we take a deeper look at the different lands that Disney World has to offer. We start in my favorite place to start, Tomorrowland in the Magic Kingdom. Find old episodes of the podcast at DisneyDecipher.com, Google Play, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you find podcasts, and we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a positive review. You can connect with us at DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, at www.deciphered on Twitter, or on our Facebook page, Disney Deciphered. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from As the Joe Flies. And I'm Leslie from Trips with Tykes. And welcome back to Disney Deciphered. So Leslie and I had an idea. We are going to start doing land-by-land guides. Uh, Just taking a closer look. We're going to start in the Magic Kingdom, of course, um, since, you know, that's the one that's divided into lands. But we have decided, you know, we're going to just take a closer look at each land, uh, what it has to offer, and what our recommendations uh, in each of them. Just to, you know, because I know that when the first time... I went back to Disney World in a long time, you know, it's just kind of, I had trouble figuring out like, you know, what's in which land and then in certain lands, like what's there to prioritize. And, you know, I think it's just good to get a map, an overview of kind of what's going on in each land. Yeah. And this is partially, I think, for our own edification, because I certainly have the trouble as someone who goes to both Disneyland and Disney World. The lands are similar, but not identical. And I often confuse what's on what coast. And, uh, you know, I'm looking for like a shop or a ride and I realize I'm in the wrong park. So this is uh, helping me keep the, the, the two parks straight, too. So thanks for indulging us. That's right. Pandora's in uh, Orlando, Leslie. Okay. I, I'm working on it. Magic Kingdom, okay. though, gosh, that just completely confuses me. Oh, yeah, I'm me. sure it's like yeah. a total mess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so what we're going to do is we're going to work the way that I walk around the park in general, which is counterclockwise, starting from Tomorrowland. So, you know, we're going to start in Tomorrowland. And so what we're going to do first is we're going to take a look at all the attractions in Tomorrowland. So what we're going to do for each attraction is we're going to just give you a brief overview of what it is, and then there's four possible grades we can give it. Always ride, usually ride, sometimes ride, never ride. You can just get a brief overview of what our thoughts are on each attraction. So you ready to start, Leslie? Let's dive in. Okay, so we're going to do these in alphabetical order. So starting first, the Astro Orbiter. Leslie, what is the Astro Orbiter? The Astro Orbiter is basically Dumbo in space. You know, it's a it's a ride where you get in a little vehicle and you spin around in a circle. And uh, I would say not quite never ride. What's the category above never ride? Sometimes ride. Sometimes ride. Try (laughs) to keep up. There were too many. (laughs) There were too many categories. Yes, sometimes ride. It's been years since I've ridden it. I would say literally only four categories, Leslie. (laughs) 
<laughs> this is, uh, okay. you know, it's just too hard after daylight savings for me to try to try to keep these things straight. It's true. It's true. It's a uh, national nap day or something like that. Yeah. So that's a sometimes right for you. I will say, um, you know, Astro Orbiter is kind of the centerpiece of Tomorrowland in the sense that it's like literally in the center and you can see that kind of tower rising up and, you know, when the rocket ships are moving around the Astro Orbiter, you can see that in the center of Tomorrowland and it's really beautiful at night as well. I would say that this is, I guess in reality, it's a sometimes ride for me, but I wish it could be more of a usually ride. The problem is it's very difficult to get on uh, without a line. You have to either go before 10 a.m. or like in the last hour that the park's open. But in terms of these kind of circular rides, Astro Orbiter is probably one of my favorite. Yeah, I agree. I like it more than the frequency of riding would suggest. It's definitely the line that is the problem for me and probably for a lot of other people. So if this is a priority, then you've got to make it I guess a core part of your strategy, which it's, I don't like it quite enough to, to make it that. Yeah. Because just um, so you understand the reason why the line is so slow is literally every group that rides has to take an elevator up and then another elevator back down afterwards. So it loads incredibly slowly. Okay. Moving in alphabetical order, Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger spin. You are sitting in a ship with one or two of your closest friends and family members there are two kind of laser tag type guns on the ship and you are going through outer space as you are fighting zerg and his minions and you shoot targets and try to get as high of a score as possible so leslie what are your thoughts on buzz lightyear's space ranger spin so to me it's sort of a poor man's toy story mania the technology isn't as exciting but i do like the ride it's a usually ride for me i will say that the version at disneyland is superior they the guns are better and the the targets have different points values so it's a little bit more of a strategic game but i like it fine i usually do it especially when i'm with my with my kids yeah so with my kids it's an always ride probably by myself it's kind of a by myself i'd say it's probably a never ride just because I don't know, it's like a little old and dated in Toy Story Midway Mania or Toy Story Mania in Hollywood Studios. It's just so much brighter and happier. It just uh, feels better. As for the strategy, Leslie, I will have you know that the ride stopping due to a breakage and me shooting a target as much as possible while it stopped is a perfectly viable strategy. So I take umbrage at your comment. (laughs) We know you take what you can get sometimes. I'm pretty sure you would school me at that ride pretty badly. All right, so what's next, Leslie? All right, so next we've done the A, the B, then the C, the Carousel of Progress. And for me, I would say that's an almost never ride, but I have a soft spot in my heart for its historical value in Disney history. What about you, Joe? What Leslie is alluding to is, you know, it was at the World's Fair. What was that 1964 World's Fair? 64. You're right. Well done. And so it is a it's a show where you're sitting in a theater, but the theater kind of rotates and it's um, talking about how technology has progressed. Of course, it has this ridiculous scene in the end where they have like a CRT TV and like this old grandma and VR, not goggles, but what they thought VR was going to be at the time. So it's a little outdated, both in the technology you see and then in some of the themes. At the same time, you know, I think it's a nice snapshot of history and where it used to be. And so, you know, I would say this is a sometimes ride for me, but honestly, the only times I ride it is when it's super hot and I just need to cool down for a while. It's a good half an hour in air conditioning. 
Yeah, it's definitely popular for the air conditioning. And I definitely feel like I want to ride it pretty soon because I feel like its days are probably numbered. It reminds me of Disney of my childhood and all the geeky Epcot rides. That's the closest thing to an Epcot ride that Magic Kingdom has. So I I need to give it a little more love. Yes, Walt would have it no other way. Okay, so up next, our absolutely most favorite attraction in Tomorrowland, Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor. Leslie and I have literally, between the two of us, never done this attraction. It is a comedy show with audience interaction. Mike fancies himself a stand-up comedian, so he's interacting with the crowd, making funny jokes. I think I've talked about this before. I think it's the kind of attraction that if you have anxiety about being called upon oh yeah we talked about this in our episode about antic dining when leslie talked about how much she loves hoopty do review if you kind of are stressed out by the concept of being called on in a comedy club um, you probably don't want to go to monsters inc laugh floor and you know it should also be noted that i've heard that the kind of level of comedy really depends on who is playing mike wazowski that day or for your particular show so it's a never ride for me and leslie Never ride for me as well. If you really love Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor, we would love to hear uh, why. And please tell us why we are wrong. Uh, DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com or on Twitter at www.deciphered or on our Facebook page, Disney Deciphered. Yeah, make your pitch. I'd love to know what, what I'm missing. Yeah, and I promise I won't say that again so you don't have to hear that twice. All right, so next, the one ride that you actually acknowledge in Tomorrowland, Leslie, Space Mountain. Tell us about that. Yes, so it's one of the roller coasters in Disney World, one of the few. So thrill ride with a 44-inch height minimum, and it's in the dark, so that bothers you, and you can't see the track in front of you, probably not for you, but quite thrilling. I mean, you know, I think most kids who are ready for thrill ride attractions can probably feel comfortable in it, what, like six, seven, eight, somewhere around there, depending upon the sensitivity of your kid. But I love space. I mean, that's pretty much the only reason I go to Tomorrowland at all at Disney World is to ride Space Mountain and then leave. So yes, that's a must ride for me. What about you, Joe? This is kind of me getting old, but it's like become a sometimes ride for me. The fun of the roller coaster is that it's in the dark and you kind of don't know what's going on. But that is like what makes my head hurt more these days. So I think I've gotten old. I much prefer, you know, I know that Disneyland had for a little while in Hong Kong Disneyland and uh, Disneyland Paris also had the hyperspace mountain overlay where it's like kind of Star Wars in there. I much prefer that where there was like more things to see and there's kind of like a part of a story. And so, you know, I'm not a huge fan of the Magic Kingdom uh, Space Mountain. We should note that Space Mountain at Walt Disney World is the only one where you kind of sit in single file. So it's kind of unique in that way. That's right. Yeah, it's more of the bobsled style. So I remember riding it for the first time as a child and my sister was riding with my mom and I was by myself and just remember being terrified (laughs) because I was by myself. I mean, I was maybe what, eight, something like this, my first roller coaster in my life. Apparently it did not scar me for life. I've come back many, many times and only want more, but, but that memory is forever (laughs) emblazoned on my brain. So, you know, you might, you might scar your own children too. Great. I don't know. It sounds like it uh, built that subconscious layer that made you a ride junkie in your adulthood. Maybe. Whatever what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Next, my favorite ride, formerly known as the Tomorrowland Transit Authority People Mover, but now just known as the People Mover. It is kind of an elevated train that 
uh, travels throughout all of Tomorrowland, all, kind of like on the second floor. You're just looking down on everything. You go through a bunch of the attractions. If you're too old to go on Space Mountain like me, you'll go through Space Mountain, but you'll just go through the bottom portion of it. It'll still be all dark, but you'll only be moving at like two miles an hour. It's perfect for uh, a guy who's getting older like myself. And you just take a tour around all attractions, about a 15-minute ride. There's generally never a line. If there is a line, it moves pretty quickly. Uh, my son's favorite ride. People Mover is pretty much an always ride for me. What about you, Leslie? These days, it's an always ride for me, too. And that's also because of my son, who really, really enjoyed it, our mild-mannered boys apparently <laughs> really get their kicks on the people mover but but yeah i also like that it's a throwback attraction and so it reminds me of my own childhood and in, in magic kingdom and uh, i really like that you kind of get a breeze going so it's a nice one to hit when you get a little bit hot later in the day yes great ride all right there are two attractions that are currently either closed or coming so one of them is the tomorrowland speedway which is, you know, you just get in those cars that are like kind of not totally on a track, but you can't, you can't like free drive. Obviously, lots of little kids love to drive cars. That is currently closed, and it's closed because they are building what in Tomorrowland, Leslie? The Tron Light Cycles. I'm super excited. Of course, that, you know, came to Shanghai Disney first and is going to be making its debut in the United States. When, Joe? Their goal is to have it done by 2021. Normally, I would say I was skeptical, but since they're opening Star Wars Land early, maybe they found the magic formula. So yeah, the Tron Light Cycle, which is a roller coaster that debuted in Shanghai Disneyland when that opened, they are bringing that over here. So Tomorrowland will not will have not one, but two roller coasters by 2021, the 50th anniversary. You should note that Tomorrowland Speedway's track will be shortened just a little bit, uh, or maybe a little more than a little bit so that the attraction can still exist, but Tron Light Cycles will have space as well. Okay, so let's move on to the food at Tomorrowland. And we'll be honest with you right now that if we are eating food in Tomorrowland, or I'll speak for myself, if I'm eating food in Tomorrowland, unless it's ice cream from Anti-Gravities, it's pretty much because my kids have melted down and we can't walk the extra five minutes to go anywhere else to eat. What about you, Leslie? I mean, when do you think it's the last time you ate in Tomorrowland? I mean, more than a decade. So yeah, it, it is not where the good food is. And um, I go out of my way to not be there at mealtime. But yeah, I mean, sometimes your kids melt down and you just need a burger. And that's, I guess it gets the job done in that. But there's just nothing, it's not a destination for food. The food is definitely an afterthought. The menus are pretty, pretty basic. Um, a lot of burgers and sandwiches and things like that at most of these places. And uh, yeah, so I, I would say don't make this a priority. But we can talk about all of them, right? All of the different restaurants. Yeah. So, you know, I'll say that I had to get a hot dog at Lunching Pad because some kid was like totally just needed something in their body. I think I've got a pretzel from Lunching Pad as well. So the Lunching Pad is at the base of Astro Orbiter, which is also where you get on the People Mover, that kind of pillar in the center of Tomorrowland. Currently, they have a barbecue pork sandwich a hot dog, and then a pretzel and chips and stuff like that, a churro. There's, it's only quick service in Tomorrowland. That one's quick service, but outside. And then the other one to note is uh, Cosmic Rays. That is also quick service, but it's like much bigger. It's inside. There's inside seating, and they have more things to eat. But again, it's like barbecue pork sandwich, cheeseburgers, sloppy joe. Those are rotisserie chicken, kind of stuff like that. 
Cosmic Rays always just seems so crowded that like I don't even want to go in there. But Cosmic Rays does have mobile order. So even though it's super crowded, you can save time um, when you're going there to do mobile order. So the third quick service restaurant is, Leslie, do you know? I think it's Tomorrowland Terrace, but is it ever really open? Yes. So it's kind of a trick question. The third quick service restaurant is technically Tomorrowland Terrace, but that place is almost never open. I think Magic Kingdom has to be at like super high capacity for them to open it. I've read that there's they sometimes have carts there selling food, but I've never seen that. I haven't seen that place open, not in my adult life. I remember eating there when I was a kid, but I definitely haven't seen it uh, in my adult life. Yeah, I remember it as a kid too, but I'm completely unaware of his, his existence anymore. However, the Tomorrowland Terrace is the location for a very special event, which happens only in Tomorrowland. Of course. So it's the fireworks viewing dessert party. I think the official name is the fireworks dessert party. And it's a little confusing because there's kind of three options. There's like the fireworks dessert party, but with plaza viewing, that's currently $69 plus tax, which means you go to Tomorrowland Terrace an hour before the fireworks, you have your dessert, but then you go walk to a space in the plaza, like in front of the castle, and you stand there for happily ever after. For $84, you can get a reserved table at Tomorrowland Terrace to watch the fireworks. And then there's a $69 version where you don't get the dessert at the beginning. You go to the plaza, similarly located plaza in front of the castle, and then you go after to eat your dessert. So they can have two different seatings to make a lot of money. Yes, for sure. But what do you think of these dessert parties in more importantly, what do you think about the fireworks viewing location? So it seems to me that the $69 viewings are actually have superior locations. The more expensive party, you kind of get a side view of the castle. So, I mean, I guess that would be my choice. I'm generally just not much of a fan of these extras, but it is what it is. And if you really, really, really want to see the show, Joe, maybe that's you, then it's worth the upcharge. But there's just so many opportunities for this upcharge that I kind of just shut down and don't do any of them. Yeah, I think you're mostly paying for the view. And to that end, I think when it was Wishes, paying the extra $15 to have a seat at a table on Tomorrowland Terrace would have been perfectly fine. On top of the $69 for getting the plaza viewing. However, with Happily Ever After, the show is like so much about the projections on the castle. You kind of want to be front and center. And that plaza viewing, you know, I was there for a media event in that plaza viewing. So, I mean, I didn't pay for it. Full disclosure, you know, Dizzy invited me to be standing there. But that view of Happily Ever After is amazing. You're like front and center. You can see all the projections perfectly. And so I think it's if you are of strong enough body to stand up throughout the fireworks, you really want that plaza viewing. So if you're going to do the dessert party, I would say definitely do the plaza viewing. Um, The terrace viewing, it's just, it's not only is it at an angle, but it's just tougher to see all the projections um, from that location. Well, one last thing we've got to cover in Tomorrowland, character meet and greets. And they're pretty few and far between. What, What have you done there? Yeah, so Buzz Lightyear will appear, but he's one of those kind of timed character meet and greets where like he'll be there at certain times. So you like kind of want to line up 10 or 15 minutes beforehand. So you don't have to wait in line or so you can predict how long you're waiting in line. And then ever since they closed Stitch's great escape, they've had a temporary stitch meet and greet there. So those are the two meet and greets right now, but I've not gotten the chance to do either of them. 
my kids aren't interested in stitch and I kind of shuttle my son away from buzz. So he doesn't know he's there because I don't want to wait in that line. Cause that line gets pretty crazy. Right. And I think there are some seasonal characters as well that come in and out. Like I know I saw the Incredibles for the incredible summer last year and yeah, they had a dance party last year. So I think they were hanging out. Got it. Yeah. So there's probably a little bit more, but you'll have to check the app to find out what's there during your own visit. For sure. And the last thing to note about Tomorrowland is that there are two shops, uh, Star Traders and Merchant of Venus. Um, but, you know, merchandise just changes so often that, you know, there's not much we can say about those. I would say that I really, <laughs> this is, I mean, this, no one cares about this, but I really like the font of the Merchant of Venus sign. So I always go into that shop more. But other than that, I really have nothing to say except for, you know, they all sell merchandise that you're probably going to want to buy. Fair enough. I love that, that we're drawn in by the fonts. Okay. <laughs> I, mean, I, I hope whoever made that font uh, made a lot of money off of that. So we want to wrap up with uh, just some quick fire questions and answers or kind of ideas about uh, the park. So, so Leslie, Tomorrowland, if you're going to rope drop and go to Tomorrowland first, what ride are you rope dropping? I'm going to rope drop Astro Orbiter because the, uh, that line. Oh my you? gosh. You took mine. I, I thought for uh-huh. sure you, I thought for sure you'd say Space Mountain, so I was gonna say I'd rope drop Astro Orbiter. So I'll mix it up. If I'm with my kids uh, and I'm going to Tomorrowland first, I will rope drop Buzz Lightyear because I usually want to ride it multiple times. And so if you rope drop Buzz Lightyear, um, you get the chance to you know go on it multiple times. I would also say that you could probably rope drop Space Mountain and get out in time. You know, if as long as you're on Astro Orbiter by nine thirty, uh, there's not gonna be much of a line, so you could probably do both at once okay so from the limited eating options that we had what are you going to eat at tomorrowland i'm not eating there (laughs) sorry joe play the game leslie play the game your kids melting down your kids melting down you have to eat in tomorrowland i'll give them an ice cream from anti-gravities you okay that's that's pretty clever uh i'll probably go if if we're gonna have to eat there i'll probably mobile order from cosmic rays to save time actually true story when i was with my son i had a barbecue pork sandwich already like in my mobile order and i almost bought it but then i think he pulled it together and so i was like okay we're going to columbia harbor house so i'd go to cosmic rays okay what ride are you skipping okay this one's too easy for this land yeah, we're both skipping Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor. Indeed. Next. Your hidden gem? Hidden gem is, I mean, People Mover, for sure. I, I think people still overlook that, and you and I obviously don't, so People Mover. And I'll say Carousel of Progress is my hidden gem. Um, it just kind of, you know, if you are a Disney fan or Disney history fan, actually, if you're not a Disney history fan, going to the Carousel of Progress will kind of really give you a feel for what Walt Disney was about. And I think that is something that is not to be overlooked and something that's meant to be appreciated. Okay. And then last thing, most overrated attraction or aspect of Tomorrowland. What do you think? Yikes. I mean, Buzz only because it's better at Disneyland. So sorry, Buzz. Okay. And I'm going to go with Space Mountain because I just... I need to see where I'm going. I really think I get worse of a headache because I can't see where I'm going because I don't do as badly on other roller coasters. I don't know. I'm sort of embarrassed. I just feel like I sound sounded like such an old man throughout this whole entire episode. Urgh, I don't like the humor of the kids, Mike Wazowski, and I can't ride the roller coasters. <laughs> you are an old man, Joe. <laughs> 
Thanks. Thanks for nothing, Leslie. Sure. <laughs> All right. So that about does it for our our land by land guide for Tomorrowland. We would love to hear what you have to say about Tomorrowland. What are we wrong about? What are we missing? What are we overlooking? Let us know. Oh, and I almost forgot. Disney do or don't. It's your turn, Leslie. What do you got? All right. This is one to sort of file away for later since the Speedway is closed right now. But when it is open again, don't ride it midday. I have never been hotter than I was in June of last year with my son at lunchtime standing in line for that attraction even when the line's short even when you have a fast pass that ride is like 20 degrees hotter than the rest of the magic kingdom so don't do it midday you know wait till the sun goes down do it first thing in the morning but yeah i have a great picture we'll put it in the in the post in the show notes of my son just with the, the sweatiest four-year-old you've ever seen thanks to that ride sweatiest and happiest i hope he was smiling ear to ear for, you know, I, I was not. I mean, I was smiling at his smile, but wow. <laughs> the things we do for our children. Yes. All right. Well, thanks so much. That about does it. Leslie, I will see you on the top of the Astro Orbiter. Thanks, Joe. Yeah.